0: Well, in this study, we have seen how Jesus is reminding us that if we're going to produce fruit, there are two things that need to happen. And the first is that we need to be pruned. The things that keep us from being fruitful must be cut away. And there are many distractions and sins that the vine dresser will need to address in order for us to produce the fruit that God requires. But the second thing we need to understand about producing fruit is that we must abide in the vine. And that means that we need to remain where God has placed us. He has grafted us into that vine and there we must remain and there that connection must be secure. The vine is our life, and the temptations for us is to look elsewhere. But we must remain in that connection in heart and mind and will. And that connection to the vine, that abiding connection of heart and mind and will, is what enables us to produce fruit. Jesus reminded us that not only are we to abide in the vine, but he would abide in us. The vine is the life of the branch and it holds on to the branch and empowers the branch. And that combination of us holding on to the the branch and maintaining that connection in heart and mind and will and the branch holding on to us, that connection is a powerful, powerful connection and as distractions and obstacles are pruned and that connection between the vine and the branch is secured and maintained, what is the result of that? Well, Jesus tells us in the passage we want to look at today in John 15 verse 5, that whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. It is this unhindered connection with the vine that enables us to produce fruit and the fruit that we produce is not ours but it is a fruit that that is the result of our abiding relationship with the vine when jesus tells us that whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit He's telling us something very, very important. He's telling us that the connection, that the requirement, rather, for bearing fruit is to abide in him. We need to be connected to the vine and have his presence flowing through us if we want to produce much fruit. In other words, it's his presence that enables us to produce The fruit. And without his presence, we cannot produce the fruit he requires. Now, there are lots of religious things that we can do, but to produce genuine spiritual fruit, we need the presence of God. A great servant of God once said It used to be that when we called a pastor, we would ask the question, does the fire of the Spirit burn in his bones? Now we ask, where was he educated? This shift from God to education and experience is incredibly concerning. The letters after a person's name do not prove that he or she is abiding in the vine. The men who turned this world upside down for Christ were fishermen whose greatest experiences were, were catching fish in a lake. Many of them had very little education. In fact, listen to what Paul wrote about the Corinthians. He says this in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 and to verse 29. For consider your calling, brothers... Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God Paul reminded the the Corinthians that they were weak they were unwise they were not experienced. They were despised in this world. They were the lowest of the low, but God chose them and God chose to use them to confound the weak and the powerful. Consider also the the words of of Isaiah in Isaiah 10 and verse 15. Shall the axe boast over him who uses with it? Or with or the saw magnify itself against him who wields it? As if a rod should wield him who lifts it, or if as if a staff should lift him who is not wood? Shall the axe, says Isaiah, boast of its achievements? Shall the glove lift itself up above the hand that moves it? There's no question that, that the glove has experienced many great things. And it's been educated by the things that it has done. But what good is the glove's experience with all its experiences? What good is, is the glove on its own? Unless it is filled with the hand of the Master, it has no eternal use lifeless in themselves. These objects, however, become powerful tools in the hands of the Master. And more than experience and education, we need the abiding presence of Christ. The truth spoken without the convicting work of the Spirit will fall on deaf ears. And God has called us to do what is impossible to do in the flesh. And without the inner working of his spirit, the task that we are to accomplish will continue to be impossible to us. But with the abiding presence of God, even the foolish and even the weak and even the uneducated and even the unexperienced, Bear much fruit, writing to the Corinthians, the apostle Paul says this in second Corinthians chapter four and verse seven. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. These frail and common jars of clay are being filled with the unsurpassing power of God. Do we realize what we have if we are connected to the vine? Do we grasp the power that is available to us? When we understand that power of the connection to the vine, our education and our experience matters very little. The power is not in the cord, but in its connection to the electrical socket. But when that cord is connected to the source of power, there is very little it cannot do. A lamp will not shine if it is not connected to that electrical source. Have you ever plugged a lamp into an electrical socket and had nothing happen? When that happens, do you walk away and say, that's just normal? Wouldn't you understand that there was a problem? and do everything you can to solve that problem and the first place you look when when there is no light in the lamp and it's plugged into the socket is the switch to see if it's turned on to the on position you see that little switch gives permission to the lamp to receive the power coming from the outlet all too many believers are like that they're plugged into the switch into the socket that their switch is turned off they're just not ready to receive the power from that circuit they're afraid of the power they don't know what's going to happen if they open that switch they fear the change it will bring. They are uncertain if they're worthy of the power that is coming from that source. They, they're not sure that they could measure up. They wonder what others would think if they flipped that switch on and began to shine. They're content with all the potential, but never tap into it. They they never come to the place in their lives where they say, Lord God, I surrender. I open my heart. I open my mind. I open my will to you. I ask you to come and to work through me. I surrender my heart, mind, and will fully and entirely to you. They never come to that place. They are content to be plugged into the outlet but they never shine. What happens when you turn the switch to the on position? Immediately the power rushes from the outlet to that lamp and it shines. Unless there's something wrong with the lamp that needs to be adjusted or or fixed. That lamp is going to shine. It was made for that purpose and it can't help but shine because the power rushing from the circuit, uh, from, from the socket, makes it shine. And when a branch is connected to a healthy vine and there are no hindrances to the connection between the vine and the branch, it will produce fruit. It is only natural that it produce fruit because of its connection. To the vine. Let me read to you the words of Oswald J. Smith in his book The Endowment of Power. This is what he says. I think of the Holy Spirit as a mighty river, but a river dammed and held back by obstacles of one kind and another. Fancy a man standing on the dam and pleading with the, the the river to flow on. How absurd. Why, the river would answer, that is just what I want to do. Don't waste your energy in vain repetitions. It is my nature to flow. I am more anxious to flow than you are to see me flow. Ah, yes, that is the secret. There's a dam in your life, a dam of sin. There are obstacles in the way, obstacles of unyieldedness. You, you deal with the sin. Do you hear me? Sin. Get the bed of the river cleared and the river will flow all right. You will not even have to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. In fact, you will not be able to keep him out. He will come and fill of his own accord. Oh, how eager he is to enter, how anxious he is to get control. Why not give him a chance? There are many who serve God in one way or another, but they are not experiencing this out of a connection with God. The power of God is, is going to flow as soon as the obstacles are removed. The power of God will fill us and overwhelm us and we will shine with the light of his spirit in this dark world. The key is to remove the obstacles that stand in the way of God's Spirit moving in and through us. Listen to the words of Paul in Romans 10, verses 1 to 3, as he speaks about the Israelites. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Paul describes here the Israelites who were filled with religious zeal. But that zeal was not based on a knowledge of God. They were ignorant of the righteousness of God in in Christ Jesus. They they sought to establish their own righteousness. They, They sought to get to heaven on their own effort. In other words, they were branches disconnected from the vine, doing everything they could, but not doing so out of a connection to the vine. They were gloves With no hands, they were lamps not plugged into the power source. They filled their lives with religious activity, but their efforts were not the result of that intimate connection in heart and mind and will to the Savior. Jesus told those who cast out demons in Matthew 7 and did miracles in his name that he did not even know them. He called their efforts in his name works of lawlessness. They were not called by him. They did not even know him, yet they acted in his name and under his authority, so they never knew him. These were workers of lawlessness. They were not connected to the vine. They sought to do what they could in Jesus' name, but without a relationship with him, without connection to him. You see, God blesses what he empowers and he strengthens those he calls. Now, you might be just an old glove, but if the hand of God is in you, what can stop you? Surrender to that hand. You might be a beat-up old lamp, but if you turn that switch and allow the source of power to flow through you, you will shine with all the brilliance that you were created for. You will not be able to stop it. Disconnected from the vine, you will produce only sour grace. But connected to the vine, however, you will bear much fruit, and fruit that pleases the vine dresser. It's the result of a deep and intimate connection with God that changes us, that enables us to produce fruit, that causes us to produce fruit. And as you are connected to Him and open your heart and mind and will to Him and to that connection with Him, your character will be changed because you are in the very presence of God and surrender to Him and He is working in you. You will be surprised at the opportunities that God opens up for you and you will be surprised at what God is doing through you because of that connection do you want to produce more fruit do you want to produce much fruit the secret is in the connection and surrender to the vine and so we cry out to him and we say Lord I am yours Lead me and show me the path that you have for me. I open my heart, my mind, and my will. I surrender to you. I ask that you would teach me not to trust in my strength, but to serve you no matter what the cost. Help me to obey, trusting you, to do the impossible through this frail jar, through this branch attached to you. All he needs is that the dam be broken down and every hindrance removed. All he needs is for you to allow him to prune you and, and, and strip away whatever hinders the flow of the river downstream, those branches that need to be plucked up, that dam that needs to be broken, those unproductive twigs taken away, God is willing and desirous of producing fruit through us. We were created, we were attached to the vine in order to produce fruit. And the only thing that hinders us are the obstacles and our unwillingness to open ourselves up to what he wants to do. May God give us the grace to experience the fullness of the vine's fruitfulness in each of our lives, and may our lives produce much fruit, because they are connected to the source of all fruit, the Lord Jesus, the true vine. And as He pours Himself through us, the powers in Him, we are the gloves, but He is the hand. We are the lamp, but He is the power the electrical power that turns on and causes it to shine. Will you today surrender and open your heart, your mind, and your will to this great vine, the true vine, who wants to produce in you much fruit? May God give us grace to be branches that produce much fruit.